Ain't it good to be in the Lord's house today? Amen. I can tell you what. That thing will jump right out of your hands if you ain't careful. Amen. You didn't warn me about that, Brother Robbie. Amen. I thought it was like a cricket. Huh? I could leave right now and say it's been good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. But it ain't even over yet. Amen. Amen. Who can tell what the Lord just might do? Amen. And uh, you didn't tell me. I know there's another service, but what time do we need to be out of here? In about 10 minutes? <laughs> 10, 15. That's what I figured, but I want to be sure. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter number 5. 2 Kings chapter number 5. And while you're turning, I want to say thank you to the and, uh, Brother Robbie and Calvary Baptist Church for allowing me to come this weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed last night. I am upset I didn't win anything. I mean, I don't know how you bring in a visiting speaker and they win nothing, but it's okay. You know, I'll get over it. Y'all pray for me. I'm not bitter. I just might need a little prayer about the situation. Uh, but no, I, I did. I was, I was amazed at the work that you put into last night. You held nothing back, and I, I applaud you, and I salute you for that, and uh, I, I, I hope to be able to see that down the road again sometime. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's go ahead and clear the air while we're here. <laughs> oh, man, it has been several years since we've been here, and listen, uh, Brother Robbie knows me well enough to know that I, I thoroughly am just picking when I bring these things up, but last time I was here, we was in the old building, and uh, matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I was thinking this morning, getting ready, uh, during the youth meeting, the power went out, thunderstorm came through, the power went out, and everybody just turned their cell phone lights on, my phone wouldn't work for like three hours after that, and uh, so I, this is my first time in the new sanctuary, and man, it's just amazing to see, but we, were, we always have a meeting together in uh, Pigeon Forge in January. And I, I've thrown my shots at him. You know, it's been three, four, five years going on now since I've been. So this year he was uh, in the Q&A. He was talking about, well, I got some things planned, but I don't have a preacher yet. Man, I just had a coughing fit. Y'all wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, something got right there and I just couldn't stop. And uh, he just looked at me and I looked at him and it was divine appointment right then and there. <laughs> God worked it all out. But uh, I tell you this, he knows I'm teasing. Uh, I, I'm never that guy that expects to be rebooked or anything like that, but it sure is a blessing to be able to come back and not see the church just in the same place it was. That's a blessing Amen. to see a church not going backwards. But I tell you what's more of a blessing to see a church going forward Amen. and growing and expanding. And, and you've expanded into a new building. Now you're expanded into two services. And I, I, who knows what's going to happen in the next five Amen. years. Amen. It's a blessing to see God moving, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, to have seen some of that journey. And I know it's been through a lot of tears and a lot of prayers and a lot of battles, I'm sure. I'm a pastor's kid. This don't come for free. Um, but you've stuck with it. And uh, not just the pastor, but the people to see so many familiar faces uh, that I remember from there that are still here today. What a blessing. I'm encouraged to see that. Amen. And not just the old faces, but the new. Amen. The ones that I don't know. My name's Jared. Good to meet you. Amen. I've, been, I've enjoyed going to church with you. Amen. Second Kings chapter number 5. And uh, we'll begin reading our text in verse number 1. And I do ask that you pray for me where I live. I was preaching uh, Friday night in North Carolina about two hours up the road. 
and it was raining all day and 39 degrees. And then I came down here and it's raining all day and 70. And yellow stuff on my car this morning, so my nose is running, my eyes are itching, and uh, my voice probably is not going to hold up too well today, but we're going to do what we can with what we got. So y'all pray that the Lord will give us some strength today. Second Kings chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says this, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. The Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife, and she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. One went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said that the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king said, uh, King of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he probably reacted much like you would react if someone sent you this letter. That he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Let me give it to you, the Lake Park, Georgia version. Why are you sending him to me? What do you think I can do for someone like him? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Now I ask that you pray for me and with me this morning. Father, Lord, we do love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, just for a moment. God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would do what I cannot do. I'm asking that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I can say words and I may can give an illustration, but Lord, nothing can pierce the heart of man. Lord, like the thundering voice of God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would simply just use me as a vessel and an instrument to relay the sound that you have for your people today. Lord, draw those that are wayward. Lift up those that are down. And Lord, save that one which is lost this morning. And we thank you and we ask it all in Jesus' name for His sake and His glory. Amen and amen. I want us to look just for a little while on this character, this person by the name of Naaman. Matter of fact, I'd like to preach on this thought that the help of the Lord today, a need like Naaman. A need like Naaman. 
I want to just get right into it for the sake of time. We need to understand the characteristics or rather the description of Naaman. The Bible says this, it speaks of his service. The Bible said in verse number 1, said he's captain of the host of the king of Syria. He's a great man with his master. He's an honorable man. He's done a lot of good. He's been a lot of places. He's a mighty man of valor. He's won a lot of victories. He's seen a lot of things come to pass. And I, I think there's a great thing to be noted when you look at anybody's life. And, and one of the first things that you can notice about them is simply their service and what they do. And Naaman is that type of person this morning. You cannot bring him up without noticing that he is a man of service. He's a captain of the host of Samaria, or the, the, the uh, army there in uh, uh, the king of Syria rather. Uh, his placement is what he does and, and, and how he has given himself to the king and he has desired to do all that he can for his country. I say, what great service. Where I'm from, just across the Okefenokee Swamp in Camden County, uh, there's the military base. I'm sure most of y'all are familiar with it, King's Base, Submarine Base. And uh, I've just grew up around people in the military all my life, and I think it's a, a cool thing. Now, I didn't see it then because I was raised around it. I couldn't see the trees for the forest type situation. And now that I'm gone, man, I just get choked up anytime I see somebody in service. Back in our home church uh, a couple weeks ago, or months ago, excuse me, as an evangelist, weeks, days, months, I go fast. Back at Christmas time, rather. We was in uh, church that Christmas Sunday morning, and here walks in this young man. I mean, he's got his suit on, solid green uniform. He's decked out, got his bars on his shirt. Amen, young man in the army. And he walks in, and he's sitting with his daddy. And the preacher, Brother Steve, he says, if you're serving in the military, would you stand? I, I thought, man, that's crazy to do at a Christmas Sunday morning. A couple guys, they started standing up, and I looked as that young man decked out in that army uniform, and sitting right beside him was that daddy and that young man standing there. Whew, I don't know where he'd been, Brother Robbie. I don't know if he'd been in war. I don't know if he'd been deployed off somewhere. But all of a sudden he's standing there and trying to hold that stone cold army face. And all of a sudden I seen some water started leaking out of his face. And I looked beside him and I seen that daddy. And that daddy's a weeping right beside him. And hey man, we started clapping and applauding and everybody's standing and raising. And all I could think was thank you for your service. Don't you understand that Naaman is the same type of man today? He couldn't walk out into a crowded place without a younger man under ranks of him standing up and saluting him because they could tell that he was someone higher than what they were. Amen. He had it all accomplished as far as his service goes. Not just his service, but in his description we find that he had the right spirit. The Bible said he was an honorable man, a man of valor, a great man. I mean, the Bible said he was a great man. I mean, the same Bible that said there ain't none good, but yet called Naaman good. I mean, this dude's got it all going for him. He is at the top of the ladder, military status. He's a good man in his service. He's got the right spirit. He's not boastful. He's not proud. He's not prideful of who he is and what he's done. He's got it all just on level ground. But just like in what we're living in right now, just like modern day, I think Naaman could have lived right now the way the Scriptures are talking about him. 
And the Bible gives all of the great things about Naaman, but before it's all said and done with. We got a conjunction word down here sitting at the bottom of the verse. And we got a tad bit of more information that we need to know about. But he was a leper. You can't talk about the good things of Naaman without remembering the one bad thing. How many of you know somebody, maybe they've come to church before, maybe you've seen them in town and you thought, man alive, that's an awesome person. It was great to meet them. It was great to have them. But before it's all over with, somebody's going to come up to you and say, yeah, but you should have known them in high school. <laughs> you should have knew them when I knew them. I'm thinking, well, if you knew him and y'all was hanging out together, don't that make y'all the same person? <laughs> You should have seen him that night at the party. Sounds like you was there too. Uh-huh. We all, we all, we all and whether it's that one person that we know or if it's just a person that can't help but seeing the little bit of bad. Amen. They see the glass half empty, not half full. Amen. They see the bad and not the good. They see the negative and not the positive. And we can't look at the life of Naaman without seeing. But can I say in my heart this morning what is ringing and what is resonating is on the outside of each and every one of us in this church building. We've got our suits and our ties and we've got our Sunday clothes on. Amen. You women, y'all done got your hair as high as heaven. And the higher the hair, the closer to Jesus. Amen. My tie's straight. Your makeup's perfect. Your smile's bright. Everything's right. You walk right. You talk right. Amen. And if you spit white, I don't care. But there's something on the inside. Amen. It may look good out here. But down on the inside, there is a need that is crying out for help. It don't matter how much you raise your hand in the choir. It don't matter how many hands you shook during fellowship but every one of us have something that we need God to do in our life today so that's why I want to preach on this thought a need like Naaman oh our accolades they look good our career it looks put together our home it looks fine on the outside but I wonder how many of us are crying out inwardly today saying I just wish God would help me here I wish God would help me there I wish God would answer this prayer I wish God would move in this situation and can I say tonight or this morning that we do have a God that listens and that He hears and He answers prayer and whatever your need may be he is interested in it today not just the description of Naaman but let's notice the discouragement of Naaman the Bible said on down uh, the Bible begins to speak of this letter that is going forth Naaman's wife's maid she said would to God that we were back in Israel where the prophets are and someone gets word of this little information that she's spoken of and so they think well we may not be back there but I tell you what we will do we will send a letter out we will ask for help so they send a letter to the king we've already read his reaction so there's no need to really going back but we need to notice the person that brings discouragement in Naaman's life. You see, first steps that we always think about taking when we need help is reaching out to someone. And can I say I agree with that? 
It's going to be hard to get any type of help in any situation where you are if you're not reaching out for help. But can I say just as dangerous and not reaching out for help, it is just as dangerous to reach out for help in the wrong person. I, I, I've, I have preached uh, this thought, I guess, uh, some text around naming and reaching out, uh, but I would rather probably preach it to teenagers and, and say something like this, but I'm going to say it here this morning. Anyhow, uh, we better be careful in who we reach out to help from. <clears throat> Y'all ever seen teenagers? You ever been a teenager? And you thought, I need some advice. And so what you did is you went and talked to your teenage friend for advice. And now that you're in your 20s and now that you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s, you're thinking, what was I thinking? It, it, it just boggles my mind when I see 16-year-old boys confiding in other 16-year-old boys for advice. <laughs> I'm thinking that's the worst place you could have went. I'm not here to throw stones and throw rocks, but there's nothing like a heartbroken teenage girl that is seeking for help from another heartbroken teenage girl. I remember being 18, 19, 20, and the only advice that I wanted to receive was from my peers and, and guys my age and my buddies. My, I knew to go ask my daddy, but by golly, I ain't going to talk to him about it. Because I knew he was right. And I didn't want to hear what he had to say. Uh, they've sent a letter for help, but they've sent it to the wrong place. And when the king receives a letter, and my God, what do you think I can do for a man with leprosy? Y'all go read the book of Leviticus and find out you don't go ask the king for no help. I can't give life. I can't give, take life away. They are going with the wrong person. Can I just say, and we're moving on, be careful who you reach out to. Amen. You want some true help, you go ask somebody with some gray hairs or some no hairs. Amen. You go ask somebody who's been there and done that. You go ask somebody who's walked a mile or two in them types of shoes. Go ask your Sunday school teacher. Go ask your preacher. Go ask your youth pastor. Go ask that spiritual influence and your life. They will get you the right direction. Don't ask that person that you only know will tell you what you want to hear but go ask the one that will give you the truth and point you in the right direction. The person the king couldn't help but somehow, some way, Elisha pops up in the story. I don't know how he's heard. I don't know how the news has got around but somehow, oh Elisha's over there and he said, hey Send him on down here. Well, what you going to do, Elisha? It ain't what I'm going to do. It's what I know someone who can help him. I, I don't know if the song is old enough that Elisha could have sang it, but if it would have been, he would have been singing, Some call Him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I know a man who can. Send him on down this way. And I want us to notice the plan in his discouragement. And Elisha, the man of God, heard in verse number 8 that he rent his clothes and he said, send him here. In verse number 9, Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. 
And Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Got to pay attention to all these little things that are happening from here on out. Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman... Uh-oh. But Naaman was wroth. Well, excuse me. I mean, maybe I just read my Bible a little differently. I don't think it says anything different than what you're holding in your lap. But I guarantee you, I, I did not expect for Elisha to tell him how to be clean and for him to get mad about it. That was the last thing I expected. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, I don't know if you're underlining your Bible or not. I don't know if you're writing your Bible, marking your Bible. But if you do, I encourage you to underline these two words coming up. Behold, I thought. Well, what did you think? Let me tell you what my daddy used to tell me when I was growing up. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. If I do, I'm sorry, Brother Robbie. But my daddy used to tell me things like this, said, son, the more you talk. Um, he already knows what I'm going to say. Some of y'all already know what I'm going to say. Some of y'all was raised by the same upbringing that I was raised in. The more you talk, son, the more people realize how. Unsmart you are. That's a nicer way to say it, ain't it? And I wish I could go grab Naaman by the coattail and say, just cut it off right there, buddy. You have said enough with I thought. Just walk away. If you're upset, just, you know, go walk it off, man. Oh, no. Here he's going to just keep on going, and he's going to tell us exactly what he thought. Matter of fact, I'm interested in knowing what he thought. I'm not, you know, I, I don't like to use the word gossip. I like to use the word prayer list. I don't need the dirt. I just need to know how to pray for you. Can I get a witness right there? Go ahead and tell it. Well, just tell me so I know what to, what to pray for. So Naaman, go ahead and tell us what you thought. Well, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Where did he get that kind of thinking from? He ain't read that in the Levitical law. He ain't never discovered nothing like that. The priest ain't never healed a leper like that. Amen. I'm talking about sacrifice after sacrifice, offering after offering. I believe it's an event of eight days, Brother Robbie, that a leper would have to go through to be cleansed, and it's not even a guarantee. It's a maybe. It's a hopefully that God would see them in their stead and move on the leper and cleanse them. But here Naaman has done mustered up some miraculous way. Amen. That Elisha was going to come out there and say, Our Father which art in heaven, cleanse this leper. I put my hand on it. I've got the power to deliver. I don't know where Naaman got that, but that that ain't how it works. The reason why a lot of us don't see God moving in our need and God answering our prayer and doing the miracle in our life that we need Him to do is because we come down to these altars asking God for help every Sunday morning. But before we get up and go back to our pew, we tell God how to do it. 
Lord, I need your help. Lord, it's my children. It's my baby. So, Lord, if you'll just move like this, exactly like I'm telling you to do it, it'll be a whole lot better. (laughs) And Naaman's plan did not line up with God's plan. How many have ever lived somewhere in your life where it seemed like God's plan and your plan just kept butting heads? And the more that they just butted heads against each other, it wasn't that you felt like God was not moving or that God just didn't even care, but you were upset that God wouldn't be God in your life the way you wanted Him to be. You say, well, I don't know about that. You know, even Jesus, when He lived here on this earth, He was accused of not being God the way others wanted Him to be God. You remember in John chapter number 11? When Lazarus was sick and they wrote the letter to Jesus and they said, Our brother whom thou lovest, Lazarus, he's sick, would you come and you heal him? Well, y'all know the story. Jesus is four days late. They've done had a funeral ceremony. Lazarus is laying in the tomb and here comes Jesus walking down the road and guess who shows up to meet him? Oh, Martha. You remember what Martha said to Jesus? I, I, sometimes I even get scared of quoting what Martha said. Because I'm like, Lord, now this ain't me saying this. This is what she said. And Martha pointed a bony finger in the face of the Lord Jesus and said, if you'd have been here. Woo! I'm like, Lord, please don't let lightning come striking down on me right now. If you'd have been here, my brother... Had not died. Y'all want the Abbeville, South Carolina version of what that means? If you would have done what I said to do. If you would have moved when I said to move. You remember what Jesus did? Oh, glory, hallelujah. Remember what Jesus did when He got the letter, when He got the news that Lazarus was sick? The first thing He did was sat down. Bible said that he stayed right where he was for a couple days. Almost like he intended for it to plan pay out the way that it did. Just to see how she was going to react. Not knowing that there was a, oh Lord, greater miracle coming. You see, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, they've all seen healing power from the Lord Jesus. They've all seen the blind receive their sight. They've all seen the lame to get up and walk. They've all seen Him touch someone and them be healed of their disease. But what they've never seen is Him walk up to a tomb somewhere and command a stone to be rolled away and call a dead man by His name. Amen. And say, rise up and come forth. they never seen nothing like that. But because He loved them and because He wanted to show them the power of His his very own resurrection he said it may be bad now and it may be worse than what you ever thought and you may feel like I don't care but I'm willing to let things get worse so I can show you more of who I am huh. Naaman I thought thought he's going to come out there and say be healed He's watching too much TV is what he'd been watching. Huh? I thought 
And I say this morning, I've been in the same place where Naaman's been. I have been to these altars just like y'all have. And I have poured my heart out to God and said, God, would you? But before I was through, I was telling him how I wish my woods went. I was telling him how I expected the hand of God to move. Lord, if you'd just do this. Lord, if you'd just do that. Matter of fact, there's some other things that made Naaman upset. I think, and I'm trying to be mindful of the time. I've only got nine minutes left, so y'all listen fast and I'll give them to you fast. It wasn't even Elisha that came and spoke to him. Didn't you see where he said, I thought that he would come out to me? I think there's a little bitter statement in that because Elisha wasn't even the one that came to the door. Elisha sent his messenger. Well, the preacher didn't even shake my hand. It's in there. I ain't going to preach it unless it's in there. And it's in there. I thought... Y'all trying to unscribble the two lines of I thought that I told y'all. You're like, I do not want to remember this. No, <laughs> taking this out of my... Y'all going to have white out in your Bible before this day's over with. There's a lot of things that upset him. The bad thing about coming down on this stage is there's, it's a long ways back up. <laughs> these soup bridges cost too much money for me to try coming back up these things. Amen. And you're probably recording and we, we ain't going there. Not only did he not like the plan, he didn't like the place. Verse 12, I'm trying to hurry. Are not Abana, this is one of my favorite words, you can underline this, it's not got any significant meaning to it, I just love saying this word, I'm going to name my next dog this. Are not Abana and Farpar. How fun would that be? Yeah, right. About 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm out coon hunting. And I'm trying to catch my dog. Farpar! Come on, boy! <laughs> Has nothing to do with the sermon. I just think y'all need to know. I love that name. <laughs> Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Uh-oh. Remember that part about if you would not say anything, people would not know? But now that you're saying, the more that's coming out, the more that I'm just going, oh no, you shouldn't have went there. He didn't like the plan, but now he don't like the place. As a matter of fact, he's got a better substitute. I've got better plans than what the man of God's got. I've got better plans. I've got better places than what God has got. The last time I was down there near the River Jordan, I seen a bunch of dead fish floating around the banks. The banks are muddy down there at Jordan. Abana and Thypar's got a rope swing. You can do a backflip into that thing. Hey man, the waters are crystal clear. They got a water slide. The lights are brighter. Everything's better. The people are friendlier. Hey man, the staff is better. Hey man, they got a better number down there. They got a better children's program down there. The seats are more comfortable down 
down that far par. Can I tell you, you may find something that looks better to your eye, but that's not where the miracle is waiting this morning. It may not be like the best situation that you thought of, but if God said to go down to the river Jordan, honey, pack your bags and get ready to jump in and find the miracle that He's promised you. The place. I have had a lot of places that I'd rather be than the place that I was in my spiritual walk with God. I have been in places and in circumstances where I thought, Lord, surely this is not the center of the wheel that you've had for me. This is not what you've drew up for me in my life. Surely standing beside this graveside of a brother-in-law was not the will of God. Surely standing at the gravesides of nieces and nephews in my own life, that's not what God intended. Surely getting a phone call that my wife nearly died in a car accident is not where God wanted me to be. I'd have rather been in a bond or far par any time in those situations but I found out that waiting down at Jordan there was a miracle that was greater than I could ever ask or think and so I'll just trust Him this morning I'll just trust Him whoever's coming to the piano you come not just the person to plan the place but lastly we see His deliverance and His servants came near verse 13 they spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou have not done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. I'll give you these last two together. You go ahead, brother. The steps that Naaman had to take to receive the blessing, the miracle, the power of God in his life. The first thing he had to do, he had to humble himself. Verse 14 said, then he went what way? Down. And secondly, he hearkened the word that was giving given unto him according to the saying of the man of God here he is he said I won't do all that I thought it was going to be that way I'd rather go there I'd rather get my miracle the way that I want to get my miracle not the way that he's saying but thank the Lord verse 13 he had some friends that said Naaman what if you'd have been a part of that axe head swimming don't you think that you would have sat there and you'd have done whatever crazy thing that God was saying to do? What if Elisha would have needed you when he prayed over that dead child and in that hopeless and helpless situation he said, Naaman, I need you to help me. Don't you think you'd have loved to be involved in something like that to see the power of God fall in someone's life? He said, Naaman, if you'd have been in, in that, involved in those things, then how much more should you just trust what God? You know what a lot of church is? We're here to hear from God. We're here to be fed. We're here to learn. We're here to be discipled and grow. But a lot of it simply, Brother Robbie, is we look across the pews and the aisles and we see our brothers and our sisters. And we're there to encourage one another. 
You know why I came this morning? I came to be a person that would encourage you. And say, I know Abana and Fapar look real good. I know you thought that God was going to do it a certain way. But if He was going to do something else that was crazy, that you would have been involved for someone else. See, it's easy to believe the crazy work of God sometimes. And I said what I said. Sometimes the work of God is real crazy. It don't make sense all the time. But when He's doing something crazy in someone else's life, we just sit back and say, yes, have faith, Lord. Lord, give them faith to trust You. Give them faith to believe. And then He starts doing something crazy in our life and we're thinking, dear Lord, what are You doing? But if He's saying to you this morning, go down to Jordan seven times, can I encourage you? Make the first trip. And after you made the first one, then come make the second one. And then after the second, the third, and after the third, the fourth, and you're thinking it's not working, and after the fourth, the fifth, and it still ain't working, that's because it said seven. But you're going to find out that at the completion of what God said to do, that there will be a miracle and an answering of prayer waiting for you. I don't know what your need is, but I know we all got a need. Like name. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. Lord, we thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Thank You for the story of Naaman. Thank You, Lord, for not leaving out some details of his life. Lord, that probably if they were wrote about, wrote about me, Lord, I would have wondered why would You have to give that part of my life. But Lord, it's the places and lives of people like Naaman. Lord, in that moment of disbelief, in that moment of confusion, Lord, that You have used so many times to help me. And I pray that this morning it will help someone else. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, help someone today to have faith and to trust You. Whatever the plan is, wherever the place is, Lord, You are the person that can help them today. We thank You in Jesus' name. We're standing all over the building. We're standing all together. Some's already moving this morning. I wonder, do you need to come and talk to the Lord? Maybe you need to come today and say, Lord, I've been trying to do it my way for so long. But today, I'm giving back to you my thoughts. I'm giving my statement of I thought back to you. It's not what I think anymore. It's what you want to do. So Lord, I'll trust you with it. Is it an issue in your family? Is it an issue with your children? Is it an issue in your home? In your marriage? Is it an issue in your career? Come tell Him all about it and trust Him with it. Maybe today your need is greater than just a problem. Maybe your need is you need salvation. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. He came to save that which was lost. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. He loves you. He gave Himself for you today. And if your need is salvation, today is the day of salvation for you. Would you let Him help you? Preacher, you come. Thank you, church. I love that story of Naaman. I love that story of his cleansing. But one of the parts of that story that I love was that he had a friend. When Naaman was willing to walk away, he had a friend that wouldn't let him. 
So let me encourage you, with heads bowed this morning, I want you to find a friend. I want you to get around the altar this morning. Husbands and wives, you, I hope you all are friends. Let's find a place around the altar and pray for one another. One of the things we prayed for this morning was that we would have, we would, the church would use the gifts that God has placed in us to encourage others. And that's exactly what God's trying to do this morning, I believe. God's put something in you. Use it. Use that gift to encourage somebody else. Use that gift to love on each other. Let me say this about that too. Chapter number five and verse number one, the Bible in the description of Naaman it says, but he was a leper. If you go back in Leviticus, Leviticus 13, Leviticus 14, it's dealing with the leper and it's dealing with leprosy and it's, the leper was deemed unclean. When you get to verse number 14, he dipped in that Jordan River, the way the Bible describes him being healed was he was clean. Can I say this? Leprosy, all through your Bible. A leper, all through your Bible. is typology for sin. It, it, it corrodes. It, it eats away. It destroys. Just as leprosy does in the life of a human being. The Bible tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us where it comes from. That sin came from Adam. That sin is passed down in every single one of us. In other words, what I'm saying is, is that sin is just like leprosy. And when we hear this word leper, that your thoughts ought to go back to sin. This morning, we all have a need, as he preached earlier. We all have a need. And that need is to be saved. If you're in this building this morning and there's never been a time in your life where you have been saved, today, is the day of salvation. Today is a day that we, I don't care what your denomination is. I don't care what church you go to. I ain't worried about any of that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That means that Pope that they put out there on the TV, he better get it right with God too. If not, he'll burn in hell. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? There ain't but one way and it ain't through the Pope. You and I have a high priest that's seated in the heavenlies on the right hand of God. He's already gone into the tabernacle. He's already placed the blood. He's already made atonement for your sin. The question this morning is, have you received him? You're standing here this morning and say, preacher, pray for me. I've never been saved, but I know I need to deal with it. If that's you this morning, nobody's looking around, I want you to just lift your hand up where I can see it. Preacher, pray for me. I see that hand, you can put it down. Somebody else, I see that hand, you can put it down. Anybody else, be honest with the preacher this morning. I'm not saved. I have not, I'm not saved. And I, I, I'm just asking you, preacher, to pray for me that I get it right. Is there anybody else? Just lift your hand right up. Anybody in the balcony? Nobody's looking around. I want you to pray with me, church. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, in need. Lord, several raised their hands in the building this morning, Lord, need salvation. Several of them, have, uh, Lord, have confessed 
Lord, they don't know that they're saved. They don't know that if they died right now, where they'd spend eternity. But Lord, they've asked that we pray for them. So Lord, we come to you this morning asking you to do a work. Because we know we cannot save ourselves. God, I pray in Jesus' name you give them the courage. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, they would not be distracted. Lord, I pray today they'd come and find salvation. Receive it. In Jesus' name. Nobody's nobody's looking around. Please help me just for a moment. If you raised your hand, I'm standing on the floor right in front of the pulpit. If you'll let me, I got some people to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. It won't be what the Baptists say. It won't be what the Church of God says. It won't be what the Church of Christ says. It'll be what God's Word says. If you'll allow us to do that, this is what I want you to do. Nobody's looking around. Get up out of your seat. Find your way down the aisle and come right to where I'm at. And let me get you some help this morning. This is the same thing I did. September 28, 1997 when I got saved. anybody else that come this morning all right pray with me church our heavenly father lord we love you God, I am so thankful, Lord, for what you did this morning. God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'd continue to work in hearts and lives. Lord, I thank you for the response this morning. God, may our hearts always be pliable. Lord, always be willing to receive your word. God, may we apply it to our lives in such a manner that we can be better Christians, better disciples for you. God, may we use those gifts. May we use those things that you put inside of us to encourage each other to keep each other in the right path, to keep each other doing the right things, following the word of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for this one that came to get saved. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them understanding. Lord, I pray this morning that, God, uh, you would give clarity to Miss Brittany as she opens up your word, Lord, as she uh, uh, reads from your word and shows her how to be saved this morning. And I pray today would be the day of her salvation, that she would receive you as a child. God, be clean. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your many blessings. Lord, and we pray all these things in the lovely name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Amen.